podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Jordan with the Raspy Voice Kids, and today we are releasing our 200th episode. And on behalf of the boys, uh, I'd like to thank you all for sticking around for 200 episodes. It's crazy. You know, back in 2017, Brandon just hit me up and said, hey, I know you just uh, got done doing audio stuff in school. I want to start a podcast. And I was like, okay. And we started right there in my basement. And arguably, it's still going on here in my basement where I record and edit these shows. Um, So uh, we just want to take the time to say thank you guys for sticking around for so long. And let's have an awesome show today. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Daxton Miles Jr. And you're listening to the Rapsy Voice Kids. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned in to Pop Culture. Pop, 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 pop. Jeremy's not feeling it today. Sounds like he ain't feeling it today. But we are talking about what it means to be emotionally unavailable while dating or in a relationship. What it means to be emotionally unavailable is right after my team loses in the round of 32, that's emotionally unavailable. Boom. Everything unavailable after my team loses in the round of 32. But that's a different discussion for a later time. Right now, we're talking about what it's like because dating is such a big thing right now. You've got so many different apps for people to find people. You've got so many different circumstances, situations where you can get into a relationship and yet there are people who are just not ready or willing to be in those relationships. Jay, what you got on this subject? No, it's a big deal. It's a big deal um, because, you know, especially with social media nowadays, you connect with people and you talk with people and there's certain signs that will show you and let you know whether they are emotionally unavailable or on the flip side, sometimes you're the one emotionally unavailable. Um, but it's important because uh, don't waste your time. I think Usher, you know, dropped a new song last year talking about uh, don't waste my time, you know. No, uh, I can't remember how it goes right now. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good song. It's a good song. We may have Jordan throw it up there so y'all know what it is. But yeah, yeah, you don't want to waste your time. That's the biggest thing. Look, time is precious. Life is precious. You don't got moments to, to waste like that. So that's what it is. So if you're looking for signs that you are emotionally unavailable, listen to these. Number one, you tend to think of relationships as a job. So if you find yourself looking at commitment as more of a task than as a thing that makes you feel good and connected, you're probably emotionally unavailable. Oh, that's a good one. Two, you withhold personal feelings and thoughts. Amen. This is a big one. I don't know why this wasn't number one. Number three says you want to continue seeing other people. That's the number. I mean, like uh, there's no, no, there's no way to say, Hey, look, I'm emotionally unavailable or, and, or most importantly, uh, you're not it. Then say, Hey, Oh, you don't want to see other people. Come on now. Come on now. I like this one. Number four, you are only attracted to people who are either far away or otherwise unavailable. 
It says there are there is a certain allure of having a text only relationship. You have someone there to validate you and make you feel good about yourself without having to put in <laughs> without having to put in any of the work for a relationship. This is a great way to have a fantasy relationship in your head, but it's a solid clue that you are avoiding having to deal with the work of a relationship in real time. Amen. And they talk about uh, gir- I say girls, girls who need validation. There are a lot of those in the world which will they will soak up and eat up all the validation, all the oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, my goodness. Dang. Look at that picture. You know what I mean? But they're mostly unavailable. I love that point is real. Not that I know from experience, but yeah, that's a real point. Number five, you are naturally distrustful. Number six, you conflate drama with intimacy. Number seven, you cut people off at the drop of a hat. (laughs) <laughs> hold up you say drama with intimacy i honestly maybe this is just a scarred part of me coming out but i honestly feel like there's people who just enjoy the drama they like the fight i know people who are married and been 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 semi-happily married for years but they need they need something in their life they need that drama in their life if you give too much to them if you give them everything they want eventually they go wayward because they like drama they're like tnt hashtag we love drama So I don't know about that point, but continue on. Well, that's it for that part. But it asks the question, is it bad to be emotionally unavailable? Before you before you go to is it bad? I I, I hit up the health line. The health line hit me up with some stuff. I wasn't sure what you were going to present. But this one presents something a little different. How to tell if you're emotionally unavailable? They don't like making plans. They when you don't. make when you text them or or call them, they say stuff like, let me check and I'll get back with you. Or they'll say, I'll pencil that in. And then when it comes time, to- <laughs> yep. there's oh, always some plans. great excuse. Well, cancel yeah. that. Another one is they call the shots. So if you do kick it with them, you're going to be watching their favorite net- Netflix show. If you do kick it with them, you're going to be helping them with their household chores. It's something in their norm. It also talks about it says. If you do all the calling, texting, and planning, there's a good chance that they're emotionally unavailable. They enjoy spending time with you, certainly, but when it works for them. But they don't want to work for it. So if you don't make things happen, they probably won't. That's a good point. Also, they avoid the word relationship. They talk about keeping things casual, or they talk a lot about a recent ex, or they say they have a fear of commitment. Those are all ding, ding, ding. They have commitment issues. Come on, Brandon, especially talk a lot about a recent ex. That is that is the biggest red flag of all time. That is clearly on a billboard. Hey, I'm emotionally unavailable because I'm still attached to my ex. Right. One hundred percent talks about they never seem to grow closer. It says unless they do some of the work themselves, they will continue. You will continue investing energy into the relationship with the goal of someday getting closer. Meanwhile, they keep avoiding reciprocation. And it'll drain you of yourself until you're too emotionally exhausted to continue. Um, they don't like like you said earlier, they don't uh, offer their own feelings. All they do is reflect your own feelings and say, yeah, 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 I agree with that. Yeah, I feel the same way, too. But they never give you something authentic, original, genuine, something from inside. It talks about how they show up late or blow off plans. All this stuff can show you that they're emotionally unavailable and you're just too caught up because they're cute or they're sweet or they got some money or they got some bread, whatever, whatever. But these are signs to pay attention to. Now, Brandon, go ahead with your last your last point that you were going on with. 
No, I was just going to say, it doesn't make you a bad person to be emotionally unavailable. It just means you're not ready for a relationship. And basically what it means is you have something inside that needs worked on. You got to be whole before you can approach a relationship. There are a lot of people who look for relationships to make them whole. You need to be whole before you enter a relationship. Not that you have Amen. to be perfect, but you need to be whole. You need to be solid um, and and settled in your spirit, in your personality, in your emotional state before you can be in these relationships. And that goes I heard for it like this. men or women, young or old, doesn't matter. I heard it like this. It's like a coffee cup that's broken at the bottom, has a hole in the bottom. If somebody's not whole themselves and they have a, you know, a fracture in that coffee cup, so to speak, in their in the in the way they feel about themselves, no matter how much you fill up that coffee cup with coffee, it's never going to hold it cuz there's a hole. So no matter what you do, no matter what you buy them, no matter how you make them feel, they don't feel that way about themselves. So it's never going to fill up and be appreciated. Amen. Nothing else to add to that. that doesn't that's pop. what it is, man. Get at us. Let us know. Are you emotionally unavailable? Do you know emotionally unavailable people? Have you been in that relationship? Let us know. Get at us. What we miss, what we got right. This is the RVK. Right, me boys. Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. music comes in because you know what time it is this is jeremy nicholas phoenix jmp as you know me i'm here with my brother brandon phoenix aka i also hate pit you are now rocking with the rvk that's right we got five questions and guess what the RVK has five answers a piece that makes 10 tell us if you disagree or agree but you know what as of this point right now Jordan take it away hello raspy voice kids fans and welcome back to another segment of I got five on it where the raspy voice kids fill in the most West Virginian blanks ever all right raspy voice kids fill in this first blank Sean McNeil testing the NBA waters is blank prudent it is prudent to take the opportunity to take the chance to learn what you need to work on um, to be a better pl- ball player going forward in your career, whether that's at the next level or whether that's at the collegiate level. So Sean McNeil saying, hey, I'm going to test the waters. I'm going to get feedback from the NBA. The highest of the high is prudent. Amen. I agree. Him testing the waters to me is advantageous. Look, it's to your advantage either way, whether you come back or you go to the NBA, hearing what they say, hearing what you need to work on, hearing where you grade out can only be of benefit to you. And your if you have the worth ethic um, to match your desire to make it to a higher league, I think it's definitely advantageous and smart on his part. No problems, no worries. Hey, I respect it. Keep doing it. 
Number two, Syracuse 2-3 zone was blank. Underwhelming. Underwhelming because it's not as good as the 2-3 zones in the past. I've seen some great 2-3 zones from Syracuse. This one is not great. It's good, and it definitely makes it hard on a team who's not played a lot of zone, zone defenses, but it was underwhelming overall. There were holes in that zone. We just did not exploit them. Once again, we're on the same plane. I thought Syracuse 2-3 zone was not the problem. It wasn't the problem. Now, we, we took a little while getting used to it, but the truth is we miss bunnies. What does a 2-3 zone have to do with our, our, our some of our interior players missing inside buckets to begin the game? Layups. Little bunnies inside that we couldn't put through the net. That's not Syracuse. That's us. So for me, I don't think the 2-3 was the problem. Number three. McCabe hitting the transfer portal was blank. Jordan McCabe's time dwindled as the year went on. Kedrian Johnson got way more time than what Jordan McCabe was getting at the beginning of the year. Jordan McCabe averaged very little in every statistical category, and it was clear that he was not built for Big 12 play. It was wise for him to move on. Jordan McCabe has a very bright future no matter what he does. He's going to get his degree this spring. He's got social media savvy. He's a star. He knows how to manage it. He knows how to manipulate it. He knows how to work it. And he can go to another school where he can continue to broaden his horizons and maybe get some more playing time. It was wise for him to step away and go somewhere else. Talk about him being a star. I think when you're in front of the camera, there's people who have that magnetism, people who don't. Jordan McCabe has it. I saw that 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 thing that they put out uh, about Taj three about which which player on the yeah, team. Yeah. Do you not, dude? Tell me you weren't magnetized to it. Tell me it wasn't great. Jordan McCabe just has a draw to him. Yeah, I've seen that trend um, before, but I like the way they did it. Yes, 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 yes. What I'll say is Jordan McCabe transferring was surprising. And the reason why I say surprising is not because of the play on the court, because the play on the court, obviously, hey, look, love you as one of the leaders on our team, like, you know, talking uh, leaders. It wasn't surprising as in, like, he could go somewhere and play more, like you said, everything you said. But for me, it was surprising because how's a dude with a big old West Virginia tattoo all over his body tatted about WVU, West Virginia University, going to move on? He I graduated. Guess He's an alumni. I guess he'll, he'll still have that love, but he, I was surprised because of the no. Tattoo. But he grad, he's going to graduate, which makes him he's he'll, he's alumni. Which yeah, which so he so no matter what, that's where he got his undergrad from. He can it's you know that's part of his yes. history, it's part of his heritage now. It's part yeah, of who he is. People, don't get this twisted. This is not Beetle Bolden. This is not Issa Ahmad. This is a true Mountaineer. He's going someplace where he can play, but he loves West Virginia. And man, real I talk, throw I love to McCabe. I wouldn't throw that shade at Beetle. Issa and Beetle are not the same. No, no, no. I'm not. I think, I think Beetle th- got ushered out the door. Issa, uh, that's a whole different story. Okay, but here's my point. I wasn't trying to throw shade at Beetle at all because I think he's a true baller. I'm just saying I was just trying to show my feelings towards Jordan McCabe as a true Mountaineer and somebody that I truly appreciate um, for his leadership on the squad, for his tattoo that shows that he's down to ride with WVU. That's what I was trying to do, but, you know. That's, that's all in all, and that's, that's the answer to my question. Number four. I blame blank for losing to Syracuse in the round of 32. I blame 
the team. The team did not get it done. Sean McNeil was the only one who really showed out. Deuce McBride did show up. But as a team, we turned the ball over too much. We missed too many layups. We missed too many bunnies. The team lost this game. I blame the team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. For me, for the Syracuse loss, I blame a lack of inside presence. That's what we needed. I saw Emma Matthews come up with a few big buckets. Um, DC, man, I love the heart and, and, and work he put in this year, but I didn't see him in the Syracuse game. And this is and, and and the reason why you needed, and I'm not gonna go back to we need Sheboy, but we need another big. Isaiah Cottrell got hurt and went out. Sheboy transferred. We have no other bigs who are over six foot eight other than Derek Culver. Derek Culver's not gonna be uh, on every single night. This is why you need more than one big man. Because when he's off, maybe somebody else can come in and fill that role. On the team that we have currently constructed with injuries and transfers, Brandon, we didn't have that. So Culver wasn't have the game that we needed, and we had nobody else to bring in that, oh, maybe he can light, you know, uh, light the fire or start the ignition or do something inside. I blame the loss to Syracuse on a lack of inside presence, and it was tough because I feel like we got nothing inside. From the block inside, we really got nothing. Um, we we out-rebounded them. That's big, but we need them bunnies. We need them buckets inside, and we didn't get that, and it didn't show up, and it's just a tough L. Number five, I want blank to take it all and win it in the NCAA tournament. I want the Zags to win. I want the Zags to win because they're the best team. I want the Zags to win because I like Mark Few. I want the Zags to win because we're, I, I want them to win by double digits every game because I want to be able to say we're the only team that kept them within single digits. Not that that matters, not that you hang banners on that, but it would be a nice little feather in our cap for this season that was disappointing overall. I want Gonzaga and Mark Few. I want uh, Drew Timmy and Jalen Suggs to cut down the nets in Indianapolis. Amen. I'm with you right there, Brandon. There's two teams I want to win. It's either Gonzaga or it's Baylor. I know Baylor's in our conference. I don't care. Look, the way I feel is if you win a national championship, you earn it. Back in the day, I was somewhat of a hater, and I always talked about no new friends, no new teams winning the national championship before West Virginia got one. You know what? I don't care about that now because if I kept with that theory, no no new teams would ever win a national ever. championship. Ever. So, so, so you know what? If the Zags go undefeated, man, tell me they didn't earn it. If Baylor decides to play, tell me they didn't earn it. And whoever wins, tell me they didn't earn it. But, you know, the truth is I'm going bags, the, the, the Zags or Gonzaga, excuse me, the Zags or Baylor. Um, let the favorites win it. Let them celebrate. Go get yours. We'll see you next year, man. That's what it is. I got five on it. We gave our five answers. Once again, we want to hear your five answers. Fill in the blank. Get at us. Let RVK know how you would fill the blank where you thought maybe there was a different answer that should have went in the blank. Let us know, RVK. Right, my voice. It is now time for everything WVU. Back in the saddle is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt for another segment with... 
Jeremy JN Fiend Phoenix. Yes, after half the show, I'm back with the energy. The energy is here. We're ready to talk all things Mountaineers. Jeremy, what do you want to talk about? I know what you, I know I know what you want to talk about, but can we talk can we talk WVU football first? Mm, go ahead. Spring football. I, hold has up, hold begun. That, 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 sounded, that sounded bad. That sounded bad. Like, well, ugh, like there's something wrong. It's just right now, whew, it's hard to talk WVU. Anything in my life, um, I feel like sometimes you just need a week to reboost. We're not even through the week yet. But you know what? We know this is what the people want. Like Jalen Rose says, we give the people what they want. So hey, look, let's do it. All right, talk West Virginia football, Brandon. Well, Neil Brown made another offensive analyst hire in Coach Chiraca. Either Chiraca or Ciaraca. I don't know how you say it exactly. And he's an offensive analyst. He was at uh Penn, he was at Western Michigan, he was at Minnesota, and now he's here in Morgantown. Chris Anderson said he said out loud, Oh wow, when he saw that we hired them. That was one of the yes. guys that Neil Brown wanted originally as his offensive coordinator. Now he's on staff. Cool thing to note the Broncos, which is Western Michigan, ranked one hundred and eighteenth in scoring when Coach Sharaka was hired. In the ensuing three years, they jumped to 33rd, 26th, and 9th. When he went to Minnesota, the Gophers ranked 108th in scoring. In the ensuing two years, they jumped to 65th, and then all the way to 21st. So this guy knows football. He gets results. This will be a big deal for us, probably in situational football, which is one of the things that Neil Brown said he wants to work on. So I'm excited about this hire. I'm also excited about the battle between Daggy and Green, even though I Stop think with the Daggy and Green. Stop with the Daggy and Green. Let's go back to Coach Soraka. That's what I'm going to call him. I don't even know his real name, but I'm going to call him Soraka. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he was at Penn State, too. What I love when I saw this is Brandon. We're doing what Alabama does. He's not coming in as an offensive coordinator. He's not coming in as a co-offensive coordinator. He's an analyst. Immediately, I thought, yeah, we're getting with the times. Where more heads in a room making a decision help out the calls. You have more eyes on it. Like you said, you just gave me this dude's resume. This kid is a, excuse me, this grown man, coach, is great at what he does. Bring him in as an analyst. Bring him in and say, hey, look, look at this XO. Hey, I think you missed this. I love it because it makes me feel like one of the big boys, because we are, one of the big boys who now are, are getting analysts that have been cut from other programs. Let's go. I love it. I love it, too. Let's see how what it yields. Get to Deggy. Get, get, get to Deggy and uh, my dude my do green. I don't really have much to say besides it's gonna be a, there's going to be at least a competition. I think Deggy is head and shoulders ahead right now, but I hope Garrett Green shocks and surprises because I think we've seen what Deggy can do. We've seen his ceiling. We don't know what Garrett Green's ceiling is. We don't know what the offense can do with Garrett Green. I would like to see it. I really Let would. me just say to Mountaineer Nation and the people who listen to the RVK show, I want to sincerely apologize. Because when we had TJ Simmons' little foo-foo on, I forgot to ask him a very important question as to who he would take out of Deggy and Green and what he was seeing from Green. Um, that's the kind of insight that we need. I forgot to ask. I personally want to know from the players, what are they seeing? Because I always say, I feel like the players know. I feel like the players are out there. I, I don't see. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I, like I said, I'll never forget Jamal Day telling me Adam Bednarik was clearly the starter over Pat White. I don't think players always know. 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I guess that's a, uh, that's a good point. But I'm just saying, like, I just I would love to hear what Green looks like in practice, what he looks like with his teammates. You know what I mean? And uh, we kind of missed that. But you know what? We're in for a good spring because it's going to be a battle, and we're going to be getting updates all the time. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to be a Mountaineer fan this spring. Yeah, are we getting to? Are we getting to? Uh, stuff I want to talk about, but are we well, gonna what, get to what do, the, do we want to talk about the death threats first? Yeah, well, well, let's talk about that. Let's let's get to that that nonsense. It it's terrible that we, hold on, it's death- terrible that we even have to cover this. But go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it's happening because to me, it's gamblers. There's no regular fan out there threatening players. To me, it's it's gamblers, people who are gambling, losing their shirt, getting furious unable to control their emotions and their rage because they're out of their depth and they say and do things that are ridiculous, things they would not say or do if they were in the presence of these athletes. It's reprehensible. It's abhorrent. Um, it's terrible. And they need to be prosecuted, in my opinion, so they should. the players should make it known to the athletic department, at least, if not make it public information, That's as right. to who said and did these things. Just and like bare minimally, never be allowed to another game. Bare minimally, never be allowed to another WVU game ever. Yeah, just like EJ Liddell did where he put it out there and the police were able to get involved at Ohio State. I think that's the exact same thing that Emmett Matthews, Derek Culver, and the rest of them should do. Now, some of them don't believe in that kind of thing. Some of them don't believe in snitching, so I get their stance. But there's no place for it. There's no room for it. However, I do not think this is a specific to WVU thing. I don't. I think this this happens every single university who has serious fans. Now, the smaller programs and nobody really cares, fine. That probably doesn't happen. But big boy sports, big boy football, big boy basketball, yes, I think every single program has exactly And we're not saying it's okay. We're not saying it's okay. We're just saying it happens. Here's the thing. Even before it happened to West Virginia, I remember Brendan saying that about Ohio State. This is not an Ohio State thing. This is a idiot people who gamble too much, who get licking up and just stop popping off on the mouth because they have a problem. Yeah, and the thing is, like like Jeremy said, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just giving it – there's a difference between excusing something and explaining something. I'm just explaining it. I'm not excusing it. And people who are like, well, it's hard to recruit to West Virginia because of these people, I don't think the players are that affected by fans like you guys think they are. I think the players are taught to tune them out. I think the players are taught – stu- And more importantly, look at Ohio State. They get five-star recruits all the time, especially in football. Then you look back a few years. I think it was like 10 years ago or maybe 20 years ago, the tight end. Remember the tight end dropped a pass and he got all kinds of death threats. And yet, you know what happened to Ohio State? They still get five-star recruits because like you said, they understand who's around them, who's on their team, and they don't let that affect you know, the overall decision-making. Yep, and I don't think – Uh, And I know people are like, well, we're already at a disadvantage. We can't afford to be like that. Well, I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to stop it. It's not going to change. So it's up to the coaches to recruit against that. And that's their job. Have you ever seen that celebrity uh, way back on MTV, the celebrity death match? Yeah. That's what we need. Put the gloves on, get in the ring. And I promise you, after the first person gets pounded into a (laughs) – gets pulverized by Derek Culver or whoever else plays at WVU, won't nobody be opening their mouth again. That's what I said. I tweeted out. I was like, I I wish, I wish you could see these dudes face-to-face so you could politely keep your mouth shut because you ain't saying nothing face-to-face. 
Now I understand in Indiana when all the uh, Indiana Pacers went to the uh, went to the the, the stands, uh, player uh, you know fans squared up. Yeah, that's during the game where the TV cameras are on. See this person at the grocery store. See this person at you know your local park. You ain't say nothing to six eight two hundred and fifty pound Derek Culver. And I wish you would you if you 6'10". do. You know. So we covered that pretty well. Um, one of the other things I want to talk about is there are people saying that the people who are upset about losing the round of 32 need to go back and look at where this program is. I saw Alex Ruoff say to one fan, you feel like the last 15 years this program has been a loser? And my my thought on that is we are definitely in a better place than we were when Gail Catlett was here. We're definitely in a better place than we were in previous years. We expect so much more because we've won so much more. So obviously there's been improvement. My stance on it is how many conference championships have we won in this time? Yeah. How many tournament championships have we won in this time? Yep. How many times have we been past the Sweet 16 in the last 10 years? Yep. People keep saying, be glad we have a successful program. My opinion is it's time to take the next step. That's right. And the thing is, if you don't think that we're good enough to take that next step, I get it. For some reason, I feel like we are. I you know look why? at our team. I, I know we are. I know we are. The reason I, look I at know our... is this is not football. You do not, you do not have to be a blue blood. You do not have to be a football factory to win in, ba- in college basketball. Loyola Chicago went to the final four four years ago. Brandon, Virginia won it two years ago, and Virginia mirrors West Virginia with defense. Like, that was our team two years ago. The difference is they had no juggernauts that year. But yeah. that was that, that's pretty much what West Virginia looked like for the past 10 years, that Virginia team that won two years ago. Yeah, and also Loyola, Chicago, but more importantly, the blueprint to me is Gonzaga. Amen. Most people cannot even tell you where Gonzaga is. Gonzaga is in Spokane, Washington. Is that a hotbed of of basketball talent? No. Do you get talent out of Washington? Of course. We got Emmett Matthews from Tacoma. But I'm just telling you, if you can win at Gonzaga, a small private school like Gonzaga, a Catholic school like Gonzaga, then you can win anywhere. Don't tell me Western. You you say Gonzaga. I say Villanova, which is closer to us. Villanova plays the same rugged style defense and ball playing that we do. No, I agree. Undersized big, but, but at least Villanova has a national. At least Villanova has a national championship in their history. Brandon, I'm just saying when I watch their play, they have undersized big men. They don't come with big seven foot tours. They come with six foot eight, just like Huggins recruits. That's what uh oh, shoot, I forgot his name. Jay uh, Jay coach. Wright. Jay Wright. That's what Jay Wright recruits. That's the biggest thing to but say. Jay, hey, Wright puts, and, Jay Wright puts dudes in the NBA at a clip much higher. Him. Now he's starting to put people in the NBA. No, now we, what, what are you talking about, Jeremy? You're forgetting about uh, you're forgetting about Alan Foy, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry. I know, I know them. I'm just saying it. I feel like they were they they were very similar. And those dudes aren't just in the NBA; they're high level NBA players. Yeah, uh, no, so I, Villanova's I, not the same. Villanova has had success, national championships, Final Fours for decades. I'm talking about brand new to the scene. Gonzaga's never won anything, and Mark Few's able to do it. That's coaching. There's no pedigree. There's no blue blood. They're able to win at Gonzaga. We can win at West Virginia. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I no, don't want to hear it. We're on the same page because we agree. We agree that we can win at West Virginia, and, and that's what makes it so tough. 
What also makes it tough, look, man, look, 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 here's the truth. A lot of you guys won't get this, and I don't care if I'm throwing shade. It's the truth. There is sports etiquette. From people that don't really watch sports who are common casual fans, say whatever you want whenever you want. Because you know what? I'm going to brush you off because you're a casual fan. But for real, the real ones, the 100% real ones, people who really follow sports, who have close friends, who follow other teams that don't, you know, who, who may play against them, there's a difference in sports etiquette. Brady, do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a thing called sports etiquette. And the way I feel is if your team loses, the truth is I'm going to give you a few days. Even if we were like joking back and forth, if your team loses, I'm going to give you a couple days, even if I don't see you, because that's sports etiquette. Yes. Jeremy, you're saying give a couple days. I will never bring up your team's loss to you. No, I I never. I, I, I say at least a couple days. I eventually will, but I usually do it in a joking fashion after. I'm, four or five I'm, days. I hate Ohio State. And everybody who knows me knows I hate Ohio State. I have lots of friends who are Ohio State fans. I never bring up their losses to them. I don't do it. Nope. I don't. And you know what? And here's the truth. I didn't either. We have a close friend. I don't care. His name's Heath J. Ruggles. I don't care. Heath J. Ruggles. When they got smashed by Alabama, I didn't say a word. When they lost to Oral Roberts, I didn't say a word. When we beat them last year at a game that I was at courtside, when West Virginia beat Ohio State, I didn't say a word. So why, Brandon, on the night that we are losing, the game isn't even over, but it is over. Why am I getting messages from Heath? No sports etiquette. There's a lot of stuff I can forgive. That right there is going to be really hard. Now, I will say Heath has issued Multiple apologies to me and Brandon about texting us about West Virginia losing, coming all strong before the game was even over. But Brandon, the real talk is sports etiquette, man. I lost a lot of respect for that dude. And matter of fact, like I told you, if I'd have seen him, I'd have whipped him that night. Because most common sports fans, whatever, I'll let it go, whatever. Keith has never in his life done this. And I feel like if you are a person who texts somebody else when their team loses immediately after, you need whipped as well. But I was surprised by it, and I didn't appreciate it, and that's against all real sports fans, sports etiquette, to text somebody immediately after their team loses to talk trash. I got nothing to add Any, to that. I was going to say, I was say, well, the only thing I'll say. Well, the only thing I'll say is sports etiquette is important no matter who you are, what you are. But it's especially important when you're dealing with a West, West Virginia fan because our losses hurt more than your losses. Amen. Because if you're a little program – like the Ohio Bobcats, losing the round of 32 is an accomplishment. If you're a big-time program like Ohio State, you have your laurels to rest on. You have your championships. You have your Final Fours. You have your football accolades. You have stuff to rest on. If you're West Virginia, you're too big to be happy about being in the round of 32, and you're too unaccomplished to rest on your laurels. So it hurts more because we need to win more. So the, the etiquette is extremely important when dealing with a Mountaineer fan. Yes. He better be glad he was hours away from me. <laughs> okay? That's what I'm saying. Look. Look, it's just like people tweeting players. All right, that's fine. But when you get what you get, don't be complaining. Let's talk about Huggins, Brandon. We're talking about Huggins now? Do you think 
this loss in the round of 32 diminishes his legacy? I don't think it diminishes his legacy. I think this is I think this is who he is. Amen, Brady. I said I had the exact same thing wrote down. I said this is par for the course. Bob Huggins this is, is why- a Hall of Famer, long overdue Hall of Famer. Bob Huggins is the heartbeat of West Virginia. Bob Huggins is loved and beloved, and rightfully so, by 1.8 million plus. But this is who he is. Bob Huggins has underachieved so many different times in his career. He's also overachieved like he did this year during the regular season with what the adversity he had to overcome. Um, so I don't think it's fair to say he's overrated or underrated. I think he's properly rated. I agree. By everybody and, except for the Basketball Hall of Fame. And you know what? He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But the way it looks is like when you don't win a national championship, you have to wait a few years to get in the Hall of Fame. So he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But the fact that you've been in one uh, Final Four – and you haven't won a national championship, just means you got to wait. I don't like that he has to wait, but you know what? That's how it goes. As long as he gets in, I'm fine. Um, get in. There's he, no question about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he could have changed the narrative, if he could have won a national championship, that's different. He didn't. Um, I feel like, like I said before, this is par for the course. Huggins is a great coach. Um, he hasn't been able to get over to the national championship yet. And when you when you talk about national championship coaches, like it's easy to be like, oh, well, he's not a national championship coach. Jim Behan, people will be like, oh, he's a national championship coach. No, he won one when he got Carmelo Anthony. Granted, that's his doing. He got to recruit him to New York, to Syracuse, but he has won. He's had way better teams than Huggins and has won. And he's coached for more years. But it doesn't matter. It is what it is. Huggins is good in, but like, record, like I said. Beheim owns Beheim owns Huggins. Owns. I was scared about that the whole time. I was hoping the narrative would change. I would hope that we had better shooting would change. It didn't. I don't want to get into it. My feelings are hurt. The better shooting. The shooting wasn't bad except for we were 12 for 26 on layups, I believe. Sean McNeil shot well. Deuce McBride shot pretty well. We didn't shoot well in the middle of that zone with our big men. Our forwards could not score in the middle of that zone. They couldn't make the little bunnies. That was the biggest problem in the game against Syracuse. How much you want to bet they don't shoot like that next game? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they've yeah. been shooting like that. Yeah, they have been. I promise you, if you watch this next game, they're going to be, what's colder than being cold? Ice cold. Anyway, yeah. But that's what it is. You know, real quick, let's sum this up. We talked about this on I Got Five on it. Real quick, your answer for who you want to win, the Zags, right? Yep. Mine's the Zags, too, you know? We say no new friends, but the way I feel now is if you earn it, you earn it. On to the next. Rap me, boys! Mountaineer State of Mind. That's right. It's your boy, Jeremy Nicholas Phoenix. Mad suave, suave, I was going to say suave, rico, J and Fee, yeah, that's right, suave. Uh, also here with my brother, Brandon Phoenix. I also hate Pitt. Give him a shout out, Brandon. Yeah, I'm just going to let you go on Rico suave, but yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, for everybody who's old enough to realize... <laughs> But let's get to these. Let's get to these numbers. Twenty-two, 
23 and 24. So from last week, Brandon, did you get any messages saying that we missed anybody from the... No, I didn't get uh, any messages. Did you? Me neither. Me neither. So we must have done a pretty good job. 22, Brandon. I'll let you go first. What you got? The man, the all-time leading rusher in the history of West Virginia football, Avon Coburn. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Then yes, we got, sir. We got hot boy, Sean McNeil. That's right. Those are the two that I had wrote. Oh, no, no, no. You got McNeil. I forgot about him. I had somebody else wrote down, but go ahead. And then we have Alexander Ruoff. Oh, snap. He tried to sweep it all. He would sweep it all. But, Brandon, I promise, literally when you started talking, somebody jumped into my head. You're not going to sweep, but you got three of the big three. Go ahead. Uh, That's it for me. All right. So he got Alex Ruoff, Avon Coburn. Who was, that, who was the last one? Hot boy, Sean McNeil. Sean McNeil. Brandon, do you know who just jumped in my head? Because trust me, you had finally won a segment. I won Brandon, segments last week for the record. Brandon Ogan. Oh, nice. I don't know why that just jumped in my head. I'm pretty I'm 99% sure he was 22. You can Google it real quick. Yeah, I'm doing that now. Hit that Brandon Hogan. I think Brandon Hogan. Sean McNeil, Brandon Hogan, Avon Coper, and Alex Ruoff. Yeah, Brandon Hogan was 22. I'm telling you, Brandon, I swear to I promise. Right when you started talking, somehow it jumped in my head, Brandon Hogan, and I don't know where it came from, but I appreciate it. That's good. Good looking. But you came with some great ones. You came with some great ones. 23. What you got for 23? I got Tyke Smith. Okay. I got Issa Ahmad. Boom. That's all I got. All right. All right. Hey, look, you did your work on 22. Because 23, I got Tyke Smith. I got Issa Ahmad. I might, I got, hello, it's Lorello. How'd I forget Mike Lorello? And I also got my dude, Jared West. The original. The original Jared West. I don't know why he jumped in my head, and I know that you probably don't believe me on some of these. I promise these are straight from the dome. Didn't look them up. This is what I got. So 23, Tyke Smith, Mike Lorello, Jared West, and Issa Ahmad. 24, Brandon. I only have one. You only only have have one. one? Do you have more than one? Yeah. Oh, you won this because I only had one. Jason Coulson. There you go. There, hey, shout out to grandfather, Ryan McClung. Hakeem Bailey. Brandon, how did I forget Hakeem? Hakeem. How did I fit, forget Prince Hakeem? I got Prince Hakeem. Those are your two? Those are my two. Boom, you won. I I forgot. I knew. By the way, I knew there was a quarterback for West Virginia. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> I, I knew there was a quarterback I was forgetting. Yeah. But There's a Prince basketball Keen, player I'm forgetting too, but I can't think of it. I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But we got Prince Keem. We got Jason Colson. 24. That's the Mountaineers. The Mountaineers state of mind. Take us out, Jordan. That's what it is. Rap me, boys! Show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got, girl lady. Show me what you got, shawty. Show me what you got, baby. There's something way, way, way.
Show me what you got. JM Thien, man. This is what I got. I appreciate the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears that our players put in. I appreciate them for everything they've done. And, and the, like I said, the hard work they put in. Um, you know, they work so hard. The squad has one goal, and I know that they're deeply depressed that they lost. And I know that for me, I'm deeply depressed that they lost. It's a tough thing. But you know what? These people saying ignorant things to our players is ridiculous. Like I've said all episode, I wish you would see them face to face in person because I promise you wouldn't be saying nothing to these all muscle athletes. But it is what it is. It comes with the territory. All you can do is, I don't know, regroup and get out from next year. And whether or not we win or lose, like I said, I ride with West Virginia. I ride with the Mountaineers. I will say, if you look closely, I said that I ride with West Virginia. I said that I appreciate what these Mountaineers put in because they put in so much. But I never said that I was proud of them. And I never said it was a good season. Because for me, I don't know it was a great season. Who do we beat that we weren't supposed to beat? We talked about how, oh, these could pay, pay dividends later on in the year, these close losses. And they didn't. You know, being proud of them, I don't know, man. Like, we, we went to the round of 32. But despite that, the truth is, I love my Mountaineers. I ride with my Mountaineers. I rock with my Mountaineers. I fight with my Mountaineers. I die with my Mountaineers. It doesn't matter. Bring them on. Reload. Let's go. Next year, WVU all the way. Podcast Network.